three, two, one. Hello everybody and welcome to PlayStation Unchained 116. Yes, still going strong as ever. I am your host Neil Volt, back once again like the Renegade Master. And with me also returning from a long-term injury or from the deepest parts of hell or something like that. He's been away a while. Um, Don't you mean from doing too many push-ups? He was lifting up the, the yes, trains. Exactly, he was lifting trains in hell. He was, <laughs> and he finally got out. <laughs> He's back, Mr. Mike Harridance. How you doing, Mike? Thank you for that introduction, guys. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Um, yeah, it has been a long time. Um, you guys obviously know why I have been away. It's, yeah. it's not that I've been ill or anything. Yeah. It was, shall we say, a self-imposed hiatus. Uh, no need to say why, you guys know, but suffice to say, all that stuff is now gone and sorted. So I will be, hopefully, a regular on the podcast again, as it should be. As it should be, yes. yes. One of the pillars be back good to be back good it's good to have you back as they say and talking of pillar, pillars of the podcast we've uh said pillars of a podcast oh, <laughs> it's interchangeable <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's talking of pillars slash pillars <laughs> the podcast uh we have ben shillaber hall he is here once again as he was hosting as last always. week as always, if he's not here, it's a strange week. Channel, same PlayStation time. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Ben? Not too bad, and you? Oh, getting reverb off you there. Strange. Yeah, I heard some echo from the mics. From the mics. Mike's mic or Mike? Mike's mic. Mike's mic. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, Mike, just to say, we'll, uh, say now, if you mute your mic when you're not talking, and then just come back in. Oh, do the touch. That's talk. it. Yes, that's it. That's fine. Yeah, we'll push the talk, but that'll be fine. It's just the best way of doing things. Then we, yeah. Now the echo's gone. Good. Sorry. There you go. I'm sure we won't edit that out later. So there you go. <laughs> nah, Bit, of... <laughs> Bit of live planning for you. Um. Yeah. So you're doing all right then, Ben. You. Uh... Yeah. Not too bad, thank you. Good. Good. And I was doing fine as well. That was what I was about to answer with, wasn't I? Um. Yeah, and you're not the only one here. Not just you. Not just Mike hiding, like a leviathan. I want to say a leviathan. Yeah, a Russian leviathan. Uh, he's coming up from the depths <laughs> to join us on this podcast. Here's the gargantuan Gagalush Gary Bagdasarov. How you doing, Gary? I, I like how you use gargantuan. That's that's totally me right there. <laughs> I'm not calling you fat, Gary. I'm just saying yeah, you're large. You're, you're the big beast. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm I'm pretty good. And yourself? Can't complain too much. I could, but we'd be here all night. Yeah, we all have issues. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is unchained, not the emo hour. That's true. It could be the emo. It could be the emo hour. It very much could be. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on that chain. Very much so. Very much. Um, suppose we should talk about some video games, really. You know, being as that is the entire point of this podcast. And um, as always, we start with what we've been playing. So, Mike, as you've not been around for a while, and that's a great thing that we want to get you back in on this. Uh, you went and played the new Sherlock Holmes game last week, didn't you? So. You want to tell us a bit about that? Okie dokie dokie. Yes, I did. Sherlock 
poems of the devil's daughter i played that um in london in a suitably spooky pub it was actually the ten bells pub uh, f- uh fun fact for anyone interested in uh london history british history or whatever uh it's actually linked to uh jack the ripper uh apparently two of his um victims actually um frequented the uh pub uh i don't know how accurate that is but that's what i was told when i was there um it was uh yeah i mean this is like an old school east end i mean um I'm, you know it's like the it's whole deck it's whole you go in there and it's like you know the whole the wooden floors and everything the decor everything it's just like 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 you're in the late and like 1880s or something i mean upstairs <laughs> in the actual room we played the game and they had like this giant uh grandfather clock there these old old, old paintings candles and everything like that and it's like oh so i was like you know what does this room normally look like you know without obviously you know assuming it was like that for the sherlock holmes event and they were like oh uh pretty much just the uh we just had the monitors in here and all the games and it looks like this normally (laughs) (laughs) so So a bit of history Uh, but yeah i'm onto the yeah um onto the game um yeah i i've never actually played any of these games before i know that jp uh who works for psu he's a big fan of them um but yeah this was my first pretty much hands-on with any of those games i obviously knew about uh crimes and punishment i believe was the last one uh i think the the hands-on uh was roughly an hour hour and a half or so i can't remember exactly because um i was actually pretty engrossed in it but we did have a hands-off uh, demo as well uh where they showed us some basic mechanics so um it, it's difficult to like um I mean, for someone who hasn't played the game before, if you're listening, you know, um, it, it basically this is a, a pretty, as you'd imagine, not a Sherlock Holmes games. It's very much a detective rock. You know, it's very methodical game. It's um, you have to use, you know, put your thinking cap on with this. It's not like ducking behind cover and scoring headshots, as you can imagine. Now, there are, <laughs> there's obviously action set pieces that kind of like punctuate things, but it is, um, it, it's a mystery game, you know, which is for me personally, I love that kind of thing. I think it's a nice break from the, uh, the old, you know, shooting people in the face and stuff. And um, I, the way they do it is actually really, really cool. You can investigate pretty much everything, even when you're talking to a character, you build a profile up by examining minute detail on them. Like uh, there, one, there was one uh, one example is when this um, young lad came up to your office and said that his dad's missing, and you um, you know it sort of goes into a first person view mode, and you like notice his this kind of like um, sort of scar on his chin and stuff, which you um, reveal is a result of malnutrition. You look at his um, uh, he's got like this little. Um, I think it had like this little necklace on or something with his date of birth and stuff and um, parts of his clothes were patched together. So he was like, oh, his parents obviously look after him very well, you know, mending his clothing, you know, things like that. Build up a You build up a character profile based on what you see. Um, and apart from that, obviously, you know, you're scouring the environment and stuff as well, like looking for things. But it's not you're not just like going around like Resident Evil, hammer an X to examine things. You know, you have to look at things, flip things over. Uh, you have to go in sometimes you actually to actually get the details you need you have to go into I think I can't remember if this is the exact name but I call it Sherlock Vision it's where you hit um, I think it's R1 and this is basically where you can detect things that you wouldn't otherwise see um, in regular mode and you have to examine things in that way as well so there is a lot of the investigation aspects of it they're not dull at all they're not you know you have to like you know there's a lot of like searching and stuff but they make it fun by having you actually investigate the object and find specific things and building a case on that so that's really good um there are some really cool things going on uh just a few highlights and i'll wrap up after this obviously because you know playing but um 
there was uh, a part in the bar where you had to eavesdrop. Um, but to do that, you had to, uh, first you had to find this guy uh, you need, um, who was vital to the case, but you don't know what he looked like. So what you had to do was eavesdrop on people who would then give you clues to the identity of a guy. Like, for example, he had a, um, I think they said, uh, he had uh, whiskers, I think they said, which is like, you know, the old school, in, sort of kind of like 1800s and stuff, you know, twirled at the end. Yeah. I know there's, a, there's another phrase for it. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. But um, so, you know, you bet you, so obviously from that, you deduce that it's this guy sitting in the corner. And apparently he doesn't, uh, people are saying he doesn't drink alcohol. And there's sure enough, a guy sitting in the corner and he's got a glass of water. So it's like, oh, okay, that's him. So, you know, that, that was kind of cool. And there was a, uh, there was a part where you had to follow him, uh, which you actually do playing as a young street urchin, not actually as Holmes himself. So that was kind of cool. So you switched different characters and stuff, and you actually got to shine his shoes in one part to try and like gather information. Uh, so I completely <laughs> messed it up. He was like, what are you doing, boy? Honestly. So that was quite amusing. Um, yeah, um, I... I didn't see as much um, of the latter stuff as I um, wanted to. I'm not sure if it was actually in my demo, but the uh, hands-off we saw, it's it's very intricate where you build a case and stuff. You link things together to try and actually, so you can actually find uh, the um, person you need to like bring to justice. But the thing about it is, it's it doesn't hold your hand at all. You have to actually carefully examine your clues and link things and actually make you know sure they make sense. And the thing is, you can actually get it wrong as well. So you can actually accuse the wrong person. I didn't actually get to try this out. This is what we were shown. But it's they, they basically, they champion the fact that you can pretty much, um, each case is um, made to be replayed over and, um, over and over because of the different ways you can do it in the different, um, you know, the, obviously the different cases you can, uh, case studies you can do, like you can, um, how you can piece things together. It might lead to one thing, it might lead to another. You can accuse the right person, the wrong person. You can choose to, um, it was shown, you can choose to um, bring him to justice, take, you know, take him to the police station or take revenge um, by t um, putting things into your own hands because in this case the guy tried to kill you he tried to blow up your office basically so obviously you might want revenge or you can do it the proper way which is turn them into the local plot so that sounds really really cool but yeah i mean it, it was a lot to take in um because it was a lot to kind of cram into like an hour or so so but what i did play i actually really enjoyed and it was definitely more um it was you know i hadn't really the best way to describe it, honestly, and this is a really, really, this is a really, really lame kind of comparison, but it's the nearest thing I can do. It was like a Victorian L.A. Noir. If you played L.A. Noir, the whole point of, you know, examining clues and doing and building a case, but putting that into a Victorian London setting in the shoes of world's greatest detective. Sorry, Batman, but it's true. Um, <laughs> then. Um, that's pretty much what that's pretty much what I got as a newcomer to the series. Anyway. Anyone who's played the previous games will no doubt think, oh, that sounds quite familiar, but that's not a bad thing from what I've, I've read on the other thing because uh, it sounds really good. And there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of cases in there and a lot of stuff to look at. It's um, it's definitely, I think they're going to cram a lot of um, replay value into this game based on what I've seen. So, yeah, um, I I would definitely play the full game, definitely. Good. Uh, nice positive preview we've had. Yes. Sorry if I waffled on there. I don't oh, know. It's good. It's, it's, <laughs> it's my, the whole point of previews. You get to. Yeah. My, uh, writ, uh, but I did actually type up a preview and hopefully actually uh, it should be live by the time you hear this podcast. So please try it out. And if it's not live for whatever reason, it will be very, very soon. So just check that out, guys. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter. Splendid. 
did you play anything else this week? Or I suppose you've been busy of uh, sort of manning the ship with uh, <laughs> well, Stephen's been away. <laughs> uh, well, no, that's true. I have actually. There is uh, a game um, worthy of note. I have been on Far Cry Four. This was my first Far Cry game, if you can believe it. I literally started that yesterday it's a sunday today we're recording so saturday i started it um, i got it for christmas from my mate steven so thank you again steve um <laughs> i've i really i've obviously massive game i'm not very far into it but i'm enjoying it it's the funny thing about it is and i'm hopefully someone will agree with this but even though i never played a far cry game i picked it up instantly and the familiarity the whole just the whole concept of you know you've got an open world you've got your missions you've got your side missions you've got your collectibles that whole basic template it, it just instantly it's instantly familiar to me you know i mean you don't have to play a far that's because it's a ubisoft be game kind of thing, played it before yes <laughs> I, yeah well no and w- with the whole climbing the bow tower things revealing the map you know aka climbing things assassin's creed i totally see what they mean now um but apart from that the template you know there's a template that open world games stick to you know what i mean i mean it doesn't matter if it's an elder scrolls game or a modern or a contemporary game like far cry 4 uh contemporary setting that is it's you know you have your, you know you have that open world you have your side quests you have your your main missions you have your collectibles you have this you know you have these things that you can do you know it's all you know you know what i'm trying to say don't you it, it's yeah. familiar you know that that basic template and the thing that makes it unique is the type of game it is i mean obviously far cry 4 you've it's a you know on a mod it's set in modern times you know you've got you know you've got your you can ride elephants and stuff you've got your you've got the um grappling hooking stuff you know so that differentiates it from other things um and obviously you know elder scrolls have their own things which makes things more unique obviously you have dragons and stuff it's the time the setting it is the fantasy setting but yeah that's probably why because i played a lot of open world games even though i never played far cry the basic kind of template and the controls it was easy to pick up so that that was good but yeah i'm really enjoying it so far i mean it's it's like any game like that it's like at first it seems kind of like oh you know this is cool it's kind of linear at first but then when it opens up when when that happens you're like wow you know you just see how big the game is and that that actually yeah. happened after a few hours earlier today so yeah I, i've reached that point now where i've just gone okay wow this is this is pretty epic <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah Excellent. So i will be playing be playing that from now on for a while definitely splendid Okay, Ben, have you been playing anything different, uh, or no, is it? I just play Final Fantasy, to be honest. What can that? Did you uh, play the demo for Platinum? The Platinum demo. Yeah, for Final I played Fantasy. the Platinum demo. Yeah, yeah. I, enjoyed, I got even got the secret weapons. Yeah, I only sort of briefly played it. So unfortunately, my son was sort of incessantly nagging me, "Can I play? Can I play? Can I play?" As he was just watching it, and so so I ended up letting him play. But so, <laughs> yeah, it was quite fun. I don't know if it was very representative of what it's going to be, but it was an interesting little thing. So. Well, from what I heard, that little demo was actually made by a separate team in about three months. Wow. Which is so, quite short by Final Fantasy status. Yeah. That's normally like them deciding how to name the game. They're actually yeah, making it. That, 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 in that, gaming terms, that's them putting their name on the top of the paper. Now, which That's game it. should we call it? Final Fantasy 14, 15 versus 16, 22, <laughs> Chocobo's Island. I don't know. Okay, four months later. Okay, we've got a name. Okay, now, now we can <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to call it 15 this time. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's piqued my interest, though, now. I actually kind of want to 
play one of that's 15 which is quite impressive oh nice i got the collector's yeah. edition pre-ordered so very nice very nice not the super expensive collector's edition though no not the insane there it is so that's right um gary i suppose then what have you been playing recently oh man i've been playing a lot Yes, oh, you've uh, been on PS now, haven't you? <laughs> I, yeah, I, my friends came over yesterday, and we decided to do some PlayStation Now. Um, we played a lot of fighting games that are on there, which was Fighters 13. Had a blast with that. Um, Guilty Gear Excerpt Sign, which I really want an anime of, but it's probably never going to happen. We played some Blast Blue. We played um, Dead or Alive 5. We went in and did some Waterstorm Pacific Rift, uh, which is one of my favorite racing games. It's just bunches of fun. Really sad that that developer is gone now, and I'm probably never going to get another Waterstorm game, but at least it lives on. What else did yeah. we play? Um, I got a new card game. It's a Resident Evil deck building game, actually. Really? Um, yeah, and that was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. It was great. I think um, I brought that up one point. Uh, the different podcast. I think it was a different type of card game. The Resident Evil one? Yeah. Well, there's a Biohazard one that I brought up. Well, yeah, this one was fun. I mean, we, we you got to select a, randomly a character, and I got a Jack Krauser from Resident Evil 4, um, the character that doesn't matter in any of the storylines whatsoever. But I got him, and he when I first saw him, like his special ability was to use knives. And the knives are the weakest weapons in the game. And I was like, great, thank you. Um, but somehow I ended up like owning everybody with knives because his ability added like damage to the knife. So I was doing like 70 damage with my knife compared to like my Magnum, who was doing. Yeah, that was super fun. Very uh, fun game. Very interesting dynamics and design in that game. Probably going to buy some of the expansion packs that are out for as well. Well. Let's see, what else have I been playing? Um, still playing Mario Kart, can't get enough of that. Oh, we hooked up my Nintendo 64 for the first time in a long time. And we decided to play some GoldenEye. And Amazing if you guys, If you guys haven't played GoldenEye in a long time, I urge you never to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that game has not aged well at all. <laughs> Zero fun in GoldenEye. Like, we were playing it like, how in the hell did we play this game when it first came out? <laughs> oh, back then, it's like, then you know, like, if you were a PC gamer, that, you know, it, you tolerate, I think, the way it played. But for a console game, it was very good. But yeah. Well, even it's, for PC back then, PC. it was still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, probably that's that. Yeah, sorry, PC games are very much more simplistic in the first person shooter terms then, so. It was easier to sort of replicate to a degree, and it's like, yeah, you know, GoldenEye was fun, but I, I think uh, Free Radical, who obviously worked on that game, went on to make Time Splitters, made a better use of the Dual Shock for first-person shooting than they did than Nintendo did with GoldenEye, I'd say. So it's if you out of the two of those, yeah, that one ages very badly. I agree. We got to remember oh, yeah. you only had one analog stick on the on the. Uh, N64, which probably didn't help. That stick, ugh. And no. we call it analog stick, but you know. 
it's slightly it's movement slightly stick. stick. Nubbin. It's a nubbin. Digital nubbin. But yeah, that yeah. was not a fun experience. Um, yeah, I, I don't recommend playing Gold Knight after you've played new, new first-person shooters. Yeah, it's um, similar. Play, um... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say it's very, it's very similar to how I felt going back to playing uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas after GTA Five, and it's just like, ow, <laughs> it's, like, it's so desolate, <laughs> so barren. Like, how how did I have fun with this? I don't yeah, it's like, how do I think it was so big? Everyone who I've ever seen go, oh, they should make it like San Andreas. I don't like GTA Five, and it's like, it's like barely anything there. It's just, and it's so small. You remember it being bigger because back then, you know, open worlds weren't really a big thing. But it's just, man, it's just so tiny. <laughs> like. You just start feeling very impatient when you're doing story missions. And you're like, oh, I can't go anywhere. It's not right. It's just I, I don't want to be stuck in this small area going around this same block over and over again for about four hours before I can move to the next bit. It's just, ugh, it's terrible in that regard. <laughs> but it's a shame because that was literally one of my top five games of all time. And it's like replaying it. It's like, nah, we, we've moved on from here. It, it, it's yeah. nice to remember. A game that, that did hold up well was Diddy Kong Racing. Mm. Holy crap, that game is still so fun. So much fun. I would say it's even better than Mario Kart. And I wish but is it was it a right. fresh team. Yeah. yeah uh, I, after going back and playing it, um, Diddy Kong Racing is definitely the best kart racing game ever. As much as I love Mario Kart, they need to go back to Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> well, I don't think that ever happened because it was rare, wasn't it, that made it? Yeah, it was. Well, I wouldn't uh, want Rare to make anything these days, because I'm sorry. I'll be right. Well, it's not Rare anymore, is it? It's just the name of Rare. But yeah, so, had some fun with retro stuff. Uh, don't play Gold Knight, no matter what. <laughs> this is not true. ruined by playing Gold Knight. Fair enough. Um, I was going to mention, yeah... I played a game you reviewed last year, actually, Gary, which is a uh, Just Cause Three. Oh, you finally, to play it. yes, yes, finally, and I would describe it as the best six out of ten game I've played in a while. It's I should throw something at you. <laughs> it it does things right, but it, it still doesn't address a lot of my problems with Just Cause Two. Just you know, it's very very big, but it doesn't feel quite as alive as it should. Um, it's fun yes you know the grappling hook stuff is amazingly fun and just the stupid things you can do with that hooking a car to a car and just smacking them together hooking a bloke to a, a tower and just letting him zip line all the way up bloody hilarious but shooting is just so terrible in that game i just cannot get on with it that they haven't made it more you know accessible and easy to use and the same with the movement it's just for all this flying about and being so skillful, Rico's very slow. You know, he trudges around a lot and it doesn't... You know, it's a shame in that sense. But as I said, it's enjoyable enough in itself that I can carry on playing it and not be too bothered about it. It's like, it looks quite nice too. And explosions are mental. And It's, like, it's not a bad game at all, to put it. Like I said, it's, it's your average 6 out of 10 three-star game. It's, it's a good good ride while it lasts, I think. Uh, I, I, keep playing it for quite some time I'd imagine still despite that 
But yeah. So I suppose I should carry on talking about what else I've played as, as I've uh, sort of linked that way. Um, I suppose the big one, and I say played, and this is more endured and experienced, uh, Dark Souls 3 for review. Um, I fit a whole bunch of hours into a very short space of time, which, if anyone knows Dark Souls, is just not the best thing to do. It, it's a hard, hard game <laughs> in a lot of ways anyway. I mean, it starts very easy, and there's a lot of, well, this isn't too bad. And it just suddenly starts hitting you with, like, well, this is a bit harder, this is a bit harder. And, like I said, when you're sort of trying to get a review done by a certain time, and, I mean, I missed the deadline as it was, because I thought, well, I got the game, what was it, Thursday, and the deadline was the Monday. And I was like, no, it ain't happening. I have to wait a couple of days and get a bit more time with this. But, yeah, it's frustration built quite a lot. But, yeah, I played a sizable chunk, and... It's it's a good game. By soul standards, it's not. It's probably one of the weaker games. But by any other game standards, it is a really, really good game. Uh, I, I, In some senses, you could say it's one. it'll probably be one of the best at the, at the end of the year. Yeah, in another sense, you'd be like, eh. But it's after Bloodborne, a lot of people probably be like, eh, well, it's not as good as this. And But yeah, it's better than Dark Souls 2. And that's coming from someone who actually likes Dark Souls 2. It's definitely, it's, I think the best way to describe it is a greatest hits, hits package of all the things that all the Souls games have done, you know, from Demons all the way through to Bloodborne. I mean, and yeah, you get some good callbacks to the original Dark Souls and that actually tie into the story quite well. It's got that same, you know, subtle level of detail about you know, the world. That you sort of read through what's going on rather than you know, picking up collectibles and stuff. And yeah, some honestly, some really, really good bosses, some great boss fights near the end of that game. And there's some that are just like I nearly had a, a mental breakdown just trying to get through it. <laughs> just uh, frightening, frightening things. But yeah, it's it's an experience. I probably won't be playing that game again for a while though. It's uh, it's mentally scarred me a bit to go through that much torture in such a short space of time. I like to take my time normally with those games, but you know me, I, you know, it's, I had the copy, I was there, wanted to do it, so... Yeah, but next time, Gary, it's definitely on you to <laughs> handle a Souls game. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to do I'll anything. Do next Souls game. I would have loved to do it, but they never... Send it to me. Uh, next time, I'm, I'm just going to ship it to you. <laughs> so I, I will hand deliver it to you. <laughs> so you do it. I'm not doing this. I will deal with the mental death and destruction. My mind is ready to be destroyed. <laughs> I, I like card games and challenging games, but I like to take them at my own, my own pace. And it's like, I can't really handle anything that's very frenetic and in your face. It's like, like stuff like XCOM is very easy to do when it's in the harder modes because it's you know, turn by turn and you can think about your strategy and stuff like that and like Prevo Soccer I play on highest difficulty for years now because I've played it so many times it's just it's that's the only way I get any challenge out of it but yeah just this is not the game you want to be rushing through people will and I mean the fact that the the, the speed record was like 90 minutes before the game's even come out uh, it just says fixed volumes that people do just binge the game 
But for me, nah, I can't do that. But yeah, good game. So we got through that. And other than that, I didn't really have time to play anything else apart from this. Just Cause is pretty much like the uh, appetizer. Uh, not appetizer, what's the thing called? Uh, palate cleanser. That's it. It's the perfect palate cleanser after playing that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a nightmare in more ways than one. It's okay. Kind of like I was saying before we started recording, I'm so happy Ratchet and Clank is coming out next week. A yeah. fun, exciting game to get away from all the serious stressful games we've been playing throughout the year <laughs> totally i mean most of what i played other than that is probably pez i always play pez i'm really played... tempted to buy the north american version of ratchet and clank just so i don't have to wait mm. when is it coming out in the uk 22nd Ugh. yeah it's in line with the film over here isn't it though i think they've yeah. tied it in so for 40 dollars i'm thinking about just buying the the uh, American version. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm actually making a point of going to see the uh, film with my son, just to sort of. So I haven't taken. I wish I had a kid because I want to go see the movie, but it would look weird if I go on my own. Mate, I want. I was about 1920. I think I went to watch Britney Spears Crossroads on my own. So. Yeah, but I'm 29. <laughs> you're an adult. That's all that matters. <laughs> it looks weird if you're 20 or 29. <laughs> oh, but yeah. it's even that's just cheaper. I'm, I'm gonna do that actually. If I buy go. it from the American store, it's forty dollars, uh, which is twenty-eight pound. Not bad then. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I do like the look of that. It is looking nice. Little return to form. Review will be up by the time this is up, and Kyle's been covering it, so what, you'll know by then. I can tell you quite now, he's, he likes it to a degree, but I'll tell you how much. <laughs> I'm just bowled over by the fact that Uncharted 4 will be here in exactly a month. I'm, I'm bowled over the fact that it should have been here already. <laughs> yeah, it should have been here on my birthday, March 18th, on my birthday. How awesome would that have been? I know. We should... I was not amused when they delayed it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We should really be talking about how it was or wasn't good now. It just... Just strange to think that it's like that. And then you have on the other side of the coin, you have stuff like this with Dark Souls 3, where the half the world's played it and it's not out yet. And it's... <laughs> anyway, we talked anyway. about all the, the game stuff. Um, move on to a, a couple of subjects we had on that. Um, just mentioned about Uncharted 4, so I'll, I'll do that bit first, actually. Um, Naughty Dog have come out and said that they uh, expect the ending to Uncharted 4 will get a bit of a mixed reception. You know, that basically happy if uh, they get that rather than just you know, people not caring. Um, are they going out of their way, though, to do this? Is the question that they know that it's going to be a divisive ending. It does make you wonder what kind of ending we're talking. It's, it's <laughs> not Mass Effect 3 sort of ending. If, uh, what happens well the ending? What happens is Drake pulls off a mask and he is secretly the dog from the UFO ending in Silent Hill. I thought you were going to say Crash Bandicoot. That would have been <laughs> more horrifying <laughs> by far. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? You, you say this. Um, that was going to be my first question. It's like, how would you prefer Uncharted 4 ended? So, ben... Oh my God, I just thought right there. In fact, Drake would not be in the game. They confirmed that. So yeah. what if the ending is it's all really fake, Fat Drake's dream, and he just wished he did all of it? 
<laughs> he's just sitting on a couch <laughs> in a dark room, just sobbing to himself, going, "That could have been me. It could have been me." <laughs> no, he was just having. A, he, he, it was asleep, and then he woke up, and really, it's Fat Drake. He's just, yeah, wishing he could do all that sort of things. <laughs> uh, that'd be a good twist. Yeah, I like that. Um, Mike, as you're a big Uncharted fan, what do you think the ending will be, or what you prefer the ending to be? Mm, that's actually a two-pronged question. Um, what I think and what I uh, what I'd like it to be, and what I think it will be. Um, I would like the uh, ending to be sort of open-ended, in that we don't have a um, uh, you know a conclusion where uh, Drake dies. Um, I would like that. I like. You know whether or not it will be a little bit ambiguous, like Mass Effect, where it's possible that um, Shepard actually survives. And I know maybe that's spoilers, but you know, get over it. It's four years old now, Mass Effect. Three. <laughs> um, oh or, my god, um, such you know, spoilers! <laughs> um, and so you know, I, I like there to be kind of some kind of hmm, ha, ha, oh that's it. Oh wait a minute. Oh maybe not. You know that kind of ending like that. I, I, I'm a fan of those endings. You know, just to say that. You know, there could it probably not a, a chance, but there could be a chance that the series will be back and that Drake may be back at some point. You know, just to keep that glimmer of hope alive. What I think will happen, um, well, I think the um, writing's on the wall actually, or in the title, A Thief's End. I think that Drake will probably die in this, or I at least um, Sully will um, kick the bucket. But I, I've got a feeling that Drake will. I don't know why. I just have a feeling that Drake will probably die in this, and I think that's why. Um, they say it will probably be divisive because uh, obviously, well, you know, it goes without saying, um, you know, uh, Nathan Drake, he's um, one of the biggest PlayStation characters of all time now. He's probably the unofficial mascot of the PlayStation, and rightly so, in my opinion. Um, uh, you know, and I think, that, you know, obviously he's going to upset a lot of people if he does kick the bucket. And um, um, it's, then again, I reckon some people um, will probably think, well, actually, no, you know, his time his time has come. You know, I think, um, you know, it'd be nice Naughty Dog to move on to something else now. There's always going to be those kind of people. But, you know, and, and again, I, I, you know, I can see both sides of the um, coin, as it were. But, yeah, um, I, I do think um, I do think Drake will probably die. Um, maybe, maybe Sully instead. But I, I, I'd put my money on Drake. Um I would like I said I would like to think that um I think I do think for an emotional emotional punch to it and considering how they keep escaping these kind of like um overwhelming odds and stuff I do think there should be a, a death in in the, in the um in the game definitely but I I would like to think that in terms of Drake it would be left a, a little bit open ended a little bit um ambiguous um i would like to think uh mr whether he survives or not but um i do think a death is required um but yeah that's that's my thoughts anyway but um i'm to be honest with you i'm not think trying to think not try, i'm not trying to uh kind of like dampen the anticipation by worrying about the ending and stuff i'm just like you know wow uncharted 4 looks amazing can't wait at the moment to be honest but there we go <laughs> that's yeah. my thoughts yeah, I get it. The only problem I'd have with that, having an ambiguous ending, is it then goes back to another Sony product, such as God of War, God of War 3, where Kratos, uh, he's dead, but now he's not dead. It's like, again, if you, that's a spoiler to you, that game's six years old. Um, no, that's all right, I played it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, see, I don't know. I mean, if you're gonna, it would almost be funny if you killed Drake off in the sense of 
you know, what they always say in action movies, that these people who do big death-defying things and they die at home because they tripped on a ladder or something and fell <laughs> 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 yeah, off the uh, third step Drake of the ladder. Was, yeah. Drake was um, cleaning his shelf and it fell on him or something, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, death for Drake does seem like the most likely thing for me. I think it's... Yeah. I mean, that if he sends... Could there be has two to be things. a meaningful thing, a thing going on. There has to be something. I think there has to be, if it's just like, oh my, you know, like at the end of a chapter two, oh my god, Elena's dead. Oh no, she's not. She's okay. You know, you can't pull that one again. You know, it's like no. So and especially with Uncharted three as well with Sully. I mean, that actually did work for me really well. Then I realised it was just him like tripping on basically wacky backy or whatever the hell that yeah. stuff was. And it the water, I think it was. And um, you, you know, it's like no, it's like no. no, 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 no. You've got to, you know, you've definitely got to have, uh, uh, you know, you've got to have a death this time. Definitely. I think, def- I definitely think so. It'll probably be a two hour epilogue where Drake's in court for war crimes because he's killed so many people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and on the witness stand, they'll have Kratos saying, This man has killed more than me. <laughs> I am the god of war. <laughs> What about what if it's Sully telling stories to the hooker in the church? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that could be a good oh, one. Yeah. Uh, Gary, what about you? How would you prefer or think that uh, Uncharted Four should end? Oh man, um, I think there's three possible things that are gonna happen. Um, the first one, nobody dies. And everybody goes home happy, which will piss a lot of people off, I think. Yeah, I, I, I do, because uh, Naughty Dog's already been called out um, that they're too afraid to kill off any of their characters. Um, and that's kind of the truth, since they haven't killed anybody. Uh, uh, even they the just leave them in limbo. They didn't kill anybody. <laughs> um, so, well, that could be one of those things. Um, they already gave us the cheap death of Sully and then took it away from us. In my opinion, at Multiple least. Multiple times. In Uncharted 3. <laughs> yeah. And 2. And 1. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, outside of that ending, I think either um, Greg's brother is going to die simply because nobody knows about anything about him. This is his first appearance. So he'll be the easiest one to kill off. There's really no emotional connection uh, for the players, at least to him. Um. Or, in my opinion, I think Elena should die. I think Elena's death will be very an emotional moment in the game. Um, and I think it'll really have an impact on Drake, especially since she's been trying to get him to stop doing all these things since the second game. And, you know, the final excursion, I guess, he goes on, as he's been saying in the trailers, is the one that's going to finally get her killed. And he's going to stay alone for the rest of his life and feel guilty about what he's done. Those yeah. are those are my three. Uh, I think if it that happened, it probably just ended up to become Sully. <laughs> exactly. Which has kind of been the themes for, for a long time where, you know, especially in 3 when you see like his young self and how he progressed, he's pretty much turning into Sully. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, good theories there, I'd say. I like those. Um, just going back to that, Gary. Um, on the subject of potentially bad endings or even divisive endings, any particular game you've ever had that with that you thought the ending was a bit that 
for Angadu, perhaps? Predator Solid 4. <laughs> Which ending? ending? I have ever seen in my entire life. Well, yeah, just just to clarify, which part of that ending, though? That... All of the entire thing. I'll, I'll explain. Okay, first <laughs> off, I got the emotional supposed death of Raiden getting crushed by a submarine. And then I find out he survives with no arms, which pissed me off. I was like, okay, he kind of had a sad death there, you know, saving Snake and submarine. Okay, then Meryl survives getting shot like 15 times. Um, I kind of like that part, though. Is that where what? she and watch her uh, uh, poopy man Johnny sort Johnny. of like Matrix stuff? I kind of like that in a weird way. Well, if you like it, but they got shot fifteen times, like they would have bled to death easily, so it wouldn't even the Come shock would have killed it's them. Metal all. Gear, you can run around be shot fifteen times and you'll be alive. <laughs> I'm sorry, they survived. Who else survives? Um... Okay, Snake survives, which pissed me off even more, especially since I got that super emotional moment with him crawling through the microwave tunnel. That was one of the greatest moments in Metal Gear history, in my opinion, with the song and how sad it is. He's dying, and he's still going to save the world, even though he hates everything that's going on. He's still going to do the right thing. Okay, if you were going to say that was bad, then yeah, I would have disagreed so much, because that was probably my favorite scene of the whole ending. Yeah, the rest it of was a away, fantastic was scene, the but the part. fact that he survived at the end, again, just irritates me. Plot uh, armor. And then they brought back Big Boss. Nobody died. Pretty much nobody died. The only person who should have survived at the end of Metal Gear Solid 4 is Roy Campbell, Otacon, and Mei Ling. That is it. Everybody else should have been dead. And it just irritated me that nobody died. And I know he wanted to kill a lot of people, and his team said no and changed his mind, and he kept everybody alive for whatever reason. It would have been so much more impactful, so much more emotional if Snake actually had died, if Raiden had died. But no, everybody survived, and we still never found out how Raiden got a cybernetic body. (laughs) (laughs) Because reasons. It is funny in a universe that over-explains everything that you have these gaping holes in in the dialogue that you're just thinking, oh, how did, what happened here? What happened there? Like, and they spent like 90 minutes explaining about some trade union or something that doesn't really <laughs> need to be explained quite so much. Oh, Sorry. we're getting a codec call now. So. <laughs> You've angered the Kojima. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's... Yeah, I I don't mind that ending to be honest. Plus, it has the the after credits ending, so, which is the, just one of the best things the, ever. The true hero of the Metal Gear Solid franchise, Ocelot, is the one who died. <laughs> yes, uh, the true hero of the entire storyline. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's the to martyr. The end, he pretended to be controlled by Liquid Snake. To the very <laughs> end. <laughs> uh. You gotta say he's a great method actor. There you go. Uh, the best method actor. <laughs> he fooled an AI. He fooled an AI. That's not very easy to do. Splendid. Uh, ben, what about you? Any particular game that's irked you like that for an ending? Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yeah. I think it is. Final Fantasy Thirteen Two, where it ends with "to be continued until you buy the DLC." Oh yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. it ends with a to be continued. I totally agree with you on that one, man. Then we got 13-3, which was terrible. Yeah, I liked 13-2. It was probably one of my favorite of the three 13 games because I'm a big fan of Pokemon, so I like the, the capturing monsters aspect of it. But I didn't like how it just ended with, oh, no, we must save... Well, spoilers, Cocoon. Get, uh, oh, no, it might be crashing. Oh, what's oh, to begin to do, please, please be excited. Yeah, no, no, bad. No, bad, bad game, bad, bad ending. Michael Harridans, what about you? Hmm. Um, I was. I'm glad that you called me last because I've been having to wrap my brains thinking about that. Um, I would say I, I try not to be too. I go into too much. I would say as much as I adore this game and I've done ever since I played it, Final Fantasy VII just simply because it's way too short. The ending is is nothing. Not enough is explained. You don't find out what happens to everyone until Advent Children. It's just this and that horrible. Is as great as it looks, you know, from a you know a visual point of view that. 500 years later thing just oh i was just yelling at the screen it's like no i don't want to know what 500 years later i want to know what happened next week next year you know what where's cloud where's tifa what happened you know i mean you just see midgar all you know overgrown and stuff that oh that just really really irked me that is and we had to wait all those years till advent children came out uh yeah that really bothered me that did um apart from that i'd probably say because I played it recently, I'd probably say Heavy Rain, but I wouldn't. Necess- it, it's difficult because it's not really. It's not the ending. It's, it is the ending, and it isn't. It's more about the whole who the killer is that really, really bugs me. Am I allowed to like go into that? To be honest, the game is what six years old this month. Yeah, week, I think yeah. so. The yeah. fact that Scott Shelby is the origami killer just pisses me off to no end. It just should not have been him. Absolutely not. Never ever should have been him. And that whole game is flawed because of the fact that you can read their thoughts. I know I'm going off slightly off tangent here, but I have to get it get this off my chest because it's just you can read their thoughts and you can read Scott's thoughts and he does not at one point mention anything about the fact he is a serial killer as you imagine he would now before anyone says anything you can read um he is not he would not need to fool himself into that at all he's not what he's thinking should be hit with his thoughts he wouldn't need to hide that at all from anyone unless the game is breaking the fourth wall in which that scott knows he's a video game character and so he's thinking normal thoughts to fool us it doesn't make any sense whatsoever i think that would be crediting uh david cage a little too much to be honest to be saying that it was a fourth wall breaking yeah it's no it just bothered me so much because it didn't match his it didn't make any sense with the actions that he did as well he saved a lot you know the way he the way he looked after that baby the way he was concerned about that woman who tried to commit suicide the way he saved the way he cared for lauren and stuff it doesn't make any sense at all him being the killer apart from that stuff i said and going on to the endings as well um i just think they were a bit um they, I don't know, they were just a little bit too, they were again a little bit too brief and there was, there's an, I just didn't really get the, um, I didn't really get that sense of um, kind of, res- I mean, yeah, it, the very best ending, obviously, I mean, you get to see um, Ethan starting a new life with Madison, which is nice and all, but, it, but I didn't really get that kind of um, really sense of satisfaction about what, the way the case was wrapped up and stuff. 
and and some of the other endings I think are a bit of a cop out. There's not really that much going on with them. Like um, I think Lauren and when Lauren um, for example, the one where you have Lauren still alive and she confronts Scott and she says, you know, I promise to kill the man who killed my son and I will. And she shoots him. There's no, you know, there's no major confrontation between them at all. There's no that should have been a whole. That should have been a lot longer than it was, you know, with him. He doesn't even say a word to her, you know. I don't know. I just think some of the endings on there were a bit of a cop out and very, very weak. I think they they tease you with something and they don't really explain much at all. They don't really they just like, oh, here's a shot of him, here's a shot of Jaden, you know, with Rajor Simpsons, here's a shot of here's a shot of, you know, whoever, you know. It's just I don't know, I think it they, they're a little bit too bitty and they don't really it's like they're too, they, they it's like they're not focusing on one thing enough you know to, to, to bring it all kind of in neat, neatly and wrap it up they kind of like try and take it away too much and it's a bit dis, it just it just seems a bit disjointed to me but yeah the the main i know i know it was slightly off tangent there sorry about that but the main pet peeve with me was about him being the killer especially as well so yeah sorry i slightly went off topic there i still i still let me go i still really enjoyed the game but uh, it, i never realized how much it bothered me that scott was the killer until now yeah i kind of feel the same in terms of a game i actually really enjoyed but the ending just frustrated the hell out of me it was probably dead space 2 just if you include like say the last 20 minutes of that game it's just like really 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 terrible so being stalked, you know, like the Resident Evil games, where of course in the earlier days where you had something you know, like Mr. X stalking you or the yeah. Nemesis or something like that, but having that something so unmemorable that I can't remember what it's called, just chasing you around and being able to teleport to these stupid places in front of you all the time, and then the whole stupid whirlwindy ending, and it's just it just it was such a mess of an ending after a really decently paced game, and it yeah, I remember, infuriated yeah. me in that sense then. Didn't really it feel like he got it. Res- mind, didn't it? <laughs> well, to a degree, this is it. Most of it does, and then some of it doesn't. And it's like, uh, it's like, it's then you can be clear on that whilst being subtle. And there wasn't enough subtlety there. It was just a bit too much. We've forgotten which is which at this point, and we're just giving give you something that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, in terms of just weak endings, I'd say probably Skyrim. It's like there's so. I mean, it's never the point of. You know, those games, the Elder Scrolls games, the ending's great, but it's just such an eh, ending. It's just you fight a big dragon who who's not much better than anything you fought already, and once it's over, that's it. No one really thanks you for it. No one, yeah. The world ceases to remember you've done it pretty much after you've done it. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, it's problematic. A couple of Fallout 4's endings, probably, I'd say as well. Maybe Fallout 3's ending, actually. That's what I'm thinking about it. I, I, I hated Fallout 3's ending. But, uh, yeah, Fallout 4 had... You know, it has an ending, but then that isn't the end, if you know what I mean, because you've got yeah. other stuff to do beyond that. And it's mm-hmm. like, depending on what you choose to do, it's... One or two of them are a bit... Uh, obviously, this wasn't the way you were supposed to go because it doesn't make sense with what you've been doing. It's like that... That's the problem sometimes when you get multiple choice endings. I think Heavy Rain, as you said, suffers as a result of that, I think, because it doesn't make sense and if you play it certain ways. It just yeah, weakens it somewhat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, endings are never truly bad. If the game's bad enough, then the ending's likely to be bad anyway. So, you know, like I could say Devil May Cry 2 in its entirety is a bad game and the ending is part of that. And it's just, But, yeah, it's those are probably the worst examples for me. 
Oh, to be fair, sorry, I got to throw this in. To be fair, as much as I absolutely adore it, Resident Evil One's ending sucked. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was it. Just it is. Yeah. It's very old school in its time. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> games like just that short. you can understand. Same reason why I don't mind Fantasy Seven's ending too much because of the limits with CDs. You know, they yeah, all I have suppose, annoying but... endings, but you got to remember the limit of the formats back then. Yeah, but even you know Mario, even Super Mario World left me pretty satisfied with its with its <laughs> ending. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, yeah, fair enough, I suppose. But um, yeah, no, uh, Resident Resident Evil's ending, but I think they could have been a bit. Uh, some of them, so you know, the first couple of games, they were they were kind of short. If you think about, it. oh no, Two's was better because you had an ending and you had the proper ending when you played the B scenario. So that was pretty yeah. cool, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, so cool. Uh, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> good, good. So we're all done there. Um, yeah, we did because we asked Gary, didn't we? Because he had Metal Gear Solid Four. Um, Talking about Gear Solid, um, yeah, we were just talking about it before we started. Um, David Hayter came back a Solid Snake this week, which I'm sure he was willing to rub in the face of Kiefer Sutherland, you know, that he's finally back and he's doing it for such noble reasons as well, you know, always wanting to do it for the fans. But no, he's, he was uh, really focused on this one. Yes, 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 he certainly was. <laughs> he and Paul Eiding, who is, of course, Colonel Campbell, uh, have reprised their roles by overdubbing old Metal Gear Solid footage to sell Ford cars. So not cars in KA, but the actual vehicle vehicles. Uh, so two adverts. We had one where he's having a codec conversation, Snake, with uh, Campbell talking about the Ford Focus, and then a further one, which is the famous Psychomantis memory card reading scene, except he's uh, now telling you to buy a Ford Fusion. Instead of uh, trying to tell you to not play track and field so much, it's it's bizarre and very much the epitome of everything that's been going on with Konami in the last year. You know, people took the mic last year, including ourselves, about the pachinko machines of the various franchises, uh, just sort of ruining them somewhat. But yeah, this just seems like more of that. And the fact that they could actually be bothered to get Hater back to do this for them along with Iding, and it's for this, you know, when there's other things they could do. I mean, if you remember a, a couple of weeks ago, we had this rumour where um, David Hayter posted out this thing about them doing a script uh, for, that was Metal Gear Solid based, and that was like, ooh, intrigue, intrigue, what's going on here? It's like, that's what this was. That's the sad part. I realised afterwards, I was like, ah, oh, we're not getting a new Metal Gear. It's just, <laughs> it would have been nice. To believe, but uh, unfortunate. Yeah. So yeah, just general thoughts on that. First of all, um, Ben, did it make you sad or? It, I loved it. Because yeah, I mean, it, it's. Like it's I'm sorry, it's, but you know. it's funny, but it in a really stupid way. It's just when you consider what the company's been doing in the last year or so, it's like it's a bit sad too for me. I don't know. I, I kind of, well, you know, you might see him again one remake. There was someone that was redoing it in Unreal Engine, I think it was, or was it Crytek? Yeah. And then, yes. then they just got a cease and desist. So now it's, a, now it's a VR museum experience as well. Yeah. Maybe Konami is thinking about doing the VR Metal Gear 1 remake. We can all dream dreams. Dream them dreams. Yeah, dream them dreams. Maybe so, Konami won't let our dreams be dreams. So to be honest, if you were going to do a VR version of Metal Gear Solid, it'd have to be Metal Gear Solid 2, where you are basically playing a snake as a different character. It's 
the idea. Yeah. But, well, that'd be mine. Yeah. Mine blow But, yeah, I don't see the issue of it, to be honest. Hasn't... Didn't Uncharted also... Not overdub, but Uncharted promoted a car as well, if I'm rightly. Yeah, that's not my problem with it. It's the fact that that's what they've wasted it on, knowing that there's nothing else coming, potentially. And, you know, the person who made the games isn't making the games anymore. And it's like, whereas with Uncharted, Naughty Dog's still there. They may say, oh, we're not doing any more Uncharted, but they could, to be honest, if they wanted to. They probably didn't even have anything to do with this, to be honest. They'd have to have signed off on it. It's their property. that's all they probably did. Ford probably probably said, we want to use the Metal Gears for our new commercial. Garby probably just signed without even reading what it says, and then it happened. Yes, either way, don't (laughs) like it (laughs) on that sense, but yes. It's ridiculously funny as well, though, to be fair, as we've said. It's just the fact that it's ludicrous to me. Um, Gary, what about you? What were your thoughts on that? Oh, well, I thought it was funny, like you guys did, um, which it was, yes. Um, I actually don't even know if Konami approved it. I was reading stories that they might um, file suit against Ford for doing it, um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Outside uh, of that, um, <laughs> um, I think it's kind of bad at this point, especially if Konami gave them a, the okay to do it. Um, you know, if this is the direction that they got to make money somehow, because it's not going to be from the game. And the, um, it's the, the fact that David Hayter, like I, I like David Hayter, but I'm kind of lost a lot of respect for him ever since the whole Konami and Kojima and him uh, issue started to happen, especially when he said those things last week. Um, mm, yes. Uh, I was just like, you know what, like you. Honestly, you haven't been relevant since you did the first X-Men movie. And you're complaining because the only role you're known for now is Solid Snake, and they didn't recast you as the character, so you're going to cry about it for years now. Well, recast for the character that wasn't in the game anyway because you don't play a Solid Snake. He he played Big Boss, so why not play Big Boss again? Well, he didn't play Big Boss, really. It was someone else who did the voice acting in most of the game. Yeah, just to put this to clarification, yeah, David Hayter did Metal Gear Solid 3 where he is obviously Big Boss, but that's where he's saying they were trying to get him out. In other words, when they could have, it was a different character, which is what I had never quite understood why he's bitter about that when it's like, well, it's a different character, Dave. And it's like, no, you can have a different voice. It's quite all right. It's like, which they did obviously in Metal Gear Solid 4 when Richard Doyle came in and did Big Boss's voice there. And, you know, we won't go into Metal Gear Solid 5 and why that's. You know, entirely relevant why Kiefer Sutherland's doing the voice, you know, instead. But it's yeah. it just sound it does just make him sound very bitter. It's just like it really does. It's just like, do you see Mark Hamill complaining every time he didn't get cast as the Joker or Kevin Conroy? No, no, Mark Hamill complained. actually's glad when he doesn't get recast as the Joker. <laughs> I think. Yeah, but everybody knows those two as the Joker and Batman. But yeah, they're not always cast to do the voice, and you don't see them always complaining and about it all the time because they can probably do other stuff maybe david Hayter should try to find some other characters to play except clinging on to solid snake his entire life well just i was just thinking about well what was he, he was um king shark recently <laughs> so, yes and that but, was awesome yeah but then on the other hand he was 
his uh, performance in Republic was a bit. Yeah, it did just seem a bit lazy, by his standards. Yeah, you know, when, when um, I think he's just not quite as good as he was, and the industry's probably moved on a little bit in terms of voice acting from his stuff. I think if he really yeah. wanted to be, you know, in the limelight character-wise, he'd be. You know, he'd he'd improve. I think he should go do what he was good at, and that was writing movies. Yeah. Why doesn't he take that into games? Yeah, it's... yeah he single-handedly made comic book movies popular again with the first X-Men movie, right? And yeah. then he helped with the second one. It, take it, it may not have been the best movie in people's eyes, but it certainly was a huge success. Yeah, it was a stepping did, stone. Yeah, he went and did a movie called Wolves, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. With Jason Momoa, I can never pronounce it. The guy who's playing Aquaman. Jason Momoa, Jason yeah. Momoa. Yeah, and that movie was super violent, but it was okay. Like it wasn't fantastic. Um, it was a werewolf movie. Um, but go do what you're really good at. Stop clinging on to the voice stuff, because it's probably not going to pay as much as what you're really good at, especially when you're clinging on to one character. Yeah, I mean a good yeah. example. Of this is um. Elias Tefexis, who voices Adam Jensen in uh, Deus Ex, so he's in, he's a, he's all around TV in acting roles as well, you know. And it's like, so you've got to broaden your appeal a bit. It's like if you yeah, like w- would he be bitter if he didn't get cast as Adam Jensen again? I doubt. Like he'll probably be sad, but he's not gonna go on a rampage hating the developers and the directors and everybody involved with the game. No, that's it. And like I said, yeah. I said it many times. I think I'll mention it again. It's like Peace Walker was the evidence that you needed that David Hayter needed to stop being Big Boss because he's just trying to make his voice sound a little different, and it's like, and it just didn't work. He sounded like he had a sore throat that day, and that was it. And it's, that was his entire recording process. He had a sore throat, and yeah, it, it, it didn't surprise me in a way that he was replaced after that because. And I, in in fairness to Kojima here, I'll say that it's if your ambition is to make more movie like games, why wouldn't you want a bigger name, being your big characters? It's like it totally makes sense. And I, I, I still don't get people saying that Kiefer Sutherland doesn't speak much because of the payment. And it's like, well, no, we we know why he doesn't speak much. Again, these things are explained in the game, but it's people that don't or haven't finished the game to completion that don't seem to get that that's, that there are reasons behind these things. It's like, and that's very Kojima-esque to do. That you know, There's stuff that makes people angry, but if they actually took time to look at why, then it wouldn't happen. Yeah, but I, I think what really killed it for me is when he contacted them about replacing the character. Like He's expecting to play the character every time there's a new yeah, that's that. That is just that you're expected. Asked, like you're just sitting around waiting. Oh, when the new Metal Gear is being made, I'm 100% going to be the guy they call. They didn't call him, and he got pissed off. If you yeah, want I mean, to go do TV commercials, be my guest, but don't shit on on the games that made you famous. True, Mike. Or the roles that made you famous. Mike. Mike, what would you uh, what do you have to say on this one? Um, well, it's um. Are you guys getting feedback on me? 
Yeah, it was just a bit off. Gary's mic, but he's muted now. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> That's funny. There was a red, uh, oh, the beauty of live recording. There was a um, a red message in my um thing. I thought that I was kicked out or something happened or whatever. So I'm glad I'm actually still here. <laughs> um, it, it's yeah. I, well, I've only just I only just saw it uh just before we started recording, much like Ben and I. I you know, my initial reaction, you know, it was funny. A big Metal Gear Solid fan, I thought it was quite funny, but I also thought it was um it is kind of sad that um after all that you know he's you know he's doing something metal gear related and it's about selling flipping cars you know i think it's just a bit of a shame that it's um you know that hearing him as snake again in that iconic role and he's doing something that's completely unrelated to gaming it's just it is a bit of a shame and um actually um it, when you guys you were talking about um konami being involved my my initial reaction was that I, I didn't know they would be involved. I just figured it was something that he did on off his own, like, oh, you know, Ford's like, hey, we want to use you in uh, use you as Snake and Miss Abbott. It's like, oh, yeah, cool, you know, any chance to, like, be Snake again kind of thing. But then I guess, obviously, they are using um, Solid Snake and footage from Metal Gear Solid. Um, you know, that obviously, that's um, owned by Konami, so I'm guessing they have to, they would have had to have been involved, surely, in that. They would have had to at least sign, yes, you can, you can use this. Am I right? Well, hopefully, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you'd have to be at this point. It's unless they were trying to do some sort of parody laws, where because they're only using a certain amount of clip, that they think they can use it about yeah paying royalties. Oh right, like, okay. It, it's like music. Is it can't you use thirty seconds of music without paying royalties? Yeah, this is a good like fifty seconds or so. It's yeah. weird because Nintendo get away with you could use the thirty second clip of their stuff and they can monetize it you know it's like it so it isn't going to be much but i think th they must have had some involvement on this because yeah 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 i reckon well, they have it's, yeah um well either way yeah i think it's a bit it's a bit of a shame after everything that's gone down and stuff of it it's kind of like come to this i mean it's funny um i um actually uh when you got you know you guys were like um well you know obviously you know I'm not going to say slated, but obviously quite. Um, you had a, quite a strong opinion on Hater there and his um the way he's gone about things. I I actually felt kind of I was like oh god I hope <laughs> I hope I don't weigh in on this because I actually felt kind of sorry for him. I actually he was treated badly because the way that he said that what happened they were quite um they dealt with the whole thing pretty um he made it sound like they were um they they treated him quite badly with the whole thing. I mean he may not. You know, I'm trying to word this because the last thing I want to do is get into a bait at this time of night. But <laughs> it's like, um, you know, he, you know, he voiced big, you know, this is he's voiced big boss. He, he's voiced Snake, obviously. He's known for Snake, but he also voiced big boss as well. You know, he voiced him in Metal Gear Solid 3 and he voiced him in Peace Walker and Portable Ops, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you you would imagine, you know, he is um, as again, I'm just trying to word this so it, it doesn't come across as being like, a, you know, um. It's like he's obviously built up considerable fan base and a lot of people obviously like him in that role. You know, that he's, he is snack to a lot of people. And I'd imagine, you know, uh, putting myself in his shoes, I can imagine if he's he's had that strong, presumably strong working relationship with Konami and Kojima over all, all those years. I think to suddenly be, it's not like he, he voiced him like a game or two and that was it. He's voiced him, since Solid Snake had a voice, or Big Boss, he has voiced him, apart from obviously Richard Dahl in Metal Gear Solid 4, but obviously that was an older Big Boss and he was with Snake, he was Snake anyway in that game. But 
you know, with Metal Gear Solid Five, that was the first time he wasn't Snake in a mainline game like that. And I think, I think, I think it is to be expected that he would be quite kind of like, oh, you know, a bit, you know, kind of shocked and very disappointed that he, the, that iconic role had just been he had been suddenly replaced, and it was like for, he made it sound like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Metal Gear Solid Five, um, yeah, you're not needed anymore. It was literally just like that. I think, I just think that. I know what you guys are saying, you know, um, I mean, obviously, yeah, as an actor and stuff, you want to, you know, you don't want to just sit around waiting for the phone to ring. Oh, yeah, new Metal Gear Solid, you know, you want to keep doing stuff. And I agree with that. But I just think the way they did, this is based, based on what he said, it sounds like that they didn't handle it very well. And that's why I feel a bit sorry for him. I think they could have, because his role, because that role, he's, he's become synonymous with that role. I think rather than it simply being, again, as he said, it's like, um, yeah, you're not needed for this, uh, sorry, you know, with using Keeper instead, which, by the way, I thought did a really good job. I like Kiefer Summerland yeah. as big boss. I'm just saying, I want to put that out there. I just think that because of the um, the years he's voiced him, the, the appreciation for the fans and presumably the developers and the relationship he's built up from the fans and the whole, with the whole Metal Gear Solid fan base, I just think he deserved to be treated a little bit of being let go by that role. I just think if what he said is true, because you know, you don't, we don't know, we don't, you know, it's not as if Kojima has come out and said, actually, no, this happened. This is all haters' words, but you know, what he said, it sounds like he, it wasn't dealt with in the best way, and that's why I feel a bit sorry for him. I do understand what you guys are saying, and you have a point, and I agree with that, but at the same time, I do think Konami did they, they could have done it better, you know. I just think it could have been better. It's like, you know, it wasn't like they said, well, you know, they didn't like, it doesn't sound like they sat him down and actually talked to him properly and said, you know, look, you, you've been amazing with this role, David. You know, you, you know, we really appreciate what you've done, but this is why we're doing this. And, you know, this, this is what we, this is our, our view, you know, this is all, you know, it's rather than, it just seems like he was, oh, yeah, you're not needed anymore. That's it. You know, it, it just sounds like he was dumped unceremoniously and i think that's that's why i do think he was i think he was treated a bit bad in this and i think kojima i think kojima could have been a bit nicer to him about it after all he did make that character for him he a big part of its success is the character that he bought you know he that snake was brought to life by david hater's voice acting you know and he you know he 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 made that character what he is today in many ways and i just think he was treated badly I, i'm not gonna move on that i think he was treated badly but at the same time, I agree with what you guys are saying. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go on both sides here. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm doing yeah. my best. Yeah, I, I do. I just think it could have been handled a bit better. And again, we don't know. That's what he said. It could have been completely different, and he could that could have been a load of bullshit for all we know. So, exactly. I mean, there's a I mean, there's yeah. a lot of like that with the whole yeah. situation last year with Konami. There's a lot of stuff that was said and revealed. Oh yeah, that, that, that is whole, like yeah, it's made yeah, to be shocking, and it's like well if you read up on Japanese business culture, a lot of these things aren't actually that unsurprising. Oh, sorry. Aren't that surprising. I should say that it's yeah, the, the, the attitude with uh, the employees and things like that is very much like Konami do. And it's yeah. the same with other companies as well, but it's just obviously it's very different to a Western way of doing things, which to be honest, isn't great in itself, but uh well, if that's the case, then I suppose he's 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 just not simply not used to the way um, Japanese companies run, I guess. <laughs> well, it's, which is which, which would seem odd for him, yeah. But yeah, if he's be, if yeah, he's known the writing, culture yeah. shock, yeah, yeah. But if he's known the writings on the wall since Metal Gear Solid Three that they were already trying to replace him, then I don't get why he was so angry and shocked by the time he oh, came no, to five. Yeah, I forgot all about that actually. Yeah, I um, yeah, that's um. Yeah, that that's that does put a different spin on it. I mean, they try to get him to um, 
I mean, but yeah, technically Big Boss is a different character, you see, you could say. I mean, they got obviously got him back for um, Snake as well. I mean, that'll get Solid Four. So yeah, I, I, that does that does make you wonder. It's like, it's not as if this hasn't happened before, I suppose. Yeah, I did completely forget about that. Um, yeah, I, 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 who knows? They give him a different uh, voice actor for Big Boss because in the end, they'll probably want to have a game with both characters in. Yeah, well, like, if they yeah. continued on, they would have ended up having yeah. Solid Snake and Big Boss, and it'd be a bit awkward being in the uh, booth and recording both lines. Yeah, yeah. So I, Snake, I, knows what Snake, what's the plan? I don't know, boss. So Snake, what are you up to now? <laughs> you up? Yeah. Snake, what are we yeah. doing now? I'm not sure. Big Boss, what do we do? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. The whole thing. We we never know what's going on. I mean, you. I suppose you, you should have been like kind of of um he uh, you know he warned about this kind of stuff he would have been like expecting it a bit more if it obviously happened like a decade ago when metal gear solid three but warned when it comes to metal gear four yeah yeah the fact that big boss was someone else yeah richard yeah. doyle played him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which uh, if you try to this is what my point about peace walker is that hater tries to sound like in between his voice and richard doyle's voice uh or is it just says you know he's getting to that age and it's like well no that just sounds ridiculous dave and it's like yeah. and that's when you start thinking well yeah you really shouldn't have played big boss if that's the case i mean i don't regret him being big boss because you know, it, it snakey is a brilliant game and peaceful is a brilliant game oh yeah uh, but it's just yeah. but yeah you in retrospect i probably would have preferred someone else to do that voice and but yeah uh, it's they could have just gone with someone else if they wanted. You know, the fact that Hater still got to do extra games, and it's like, and then going back to it, you know, Kojima himself hasn't exactly been treated wonderfully by Konami either. No, so no, no, no. Yeah. So it swings around about. I say with all that, but as you say, Kojima's not really saying anything about anything. So I suppose we're not ever going to know really. So he can't, can he? He's not allowed to. No, oh, to a degree, I'd imagine. No, he's not. But uh, yeah. Which would show you how desperate he was to get out of that place. But uh, Kojima wonder... now learns to do Morse code and tells everyone the truth in Morse code. Mm-hmm. Tell you what the twist is going to be. David Hayter is going to be the lead in Kojima's first game. <laughs> That'd be it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, It'll not, all be a ploy. That, that's, not, that's not likely because it, it definitely sounds like there's no love lost between them. I mean, uh, he said he doesn't... He, I, I think he said he doesn't. he's not likely to have worked with him ever again or something like that. Yeah. There's a problem where, yeah, where Kojima's involved. I think that is a big shame. I would have loved to him to have some sort of, um, you know, after all those years doing working together on that, it would have been great if they could have had some sort of working relationship again afterwards. That would have been really cool. I think that's that's one of the biggest disappointments out of this whole thing for me, actually. Yeah. A David I... Hater in a David Hater game. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. Hater's going to hate. Yeah, <laughs> where Kojima's involved, it's hard to take anything as truth. As I, like, I mean, you think yeah. this time last year we were still sort of going, this whole Konami thing can't be right, can't be true. It's got to be a ruse. Yeah, yeah, it was, of... yeah it was just about a year ago it was all starting. Yeah, yeah, I remember. How remember when we were thinking about Metal Gear Solid Five and we thought it was the the person that announced it was CGI. Yeah, not, not yeah. Metal Gear Five, but you know the thing before that. Um, the... Oh yeah, when it was um just called Phantom Pain, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it was the, uh, what's it called, um, Whale Studios. Or Moby, Moby Dick, Dick Studios, yeah. And we thought the guy who <laughs> announced it was a CGI puppet or something. Yeah, 
<laughs> that was quite clever, actually. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I actually, Ben, I remember quickly. Um, I remember you say you you seem very very um yeah. quite confident that they were going to do a remake of Metal Gear, the original, as in the original Metal Gear. This was leading up to it. Um, that would have been really really cool. I wish you were right about that. I still think they would have if everything hadn't gone down like it did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not just that as well. Obviously, on a side note, I don't want to go off topic quickly. It's not obviously, you know, Metal Gear is, is something affected by this, but also for me personally, it's Silent Hill as well. I mean, I, I'd be gutted if they didn't bring back one of, you know, to think that we won't get another proper full-on AAA Silent Hill or Metal Gear is quite. That's a very, very sad um, state of affair. That is, um, I think that's a that's a real shame. But at least Metal Gear Solid, for all that's happened, you can definitely say it went out on a high. I mean, I thought Five was brilliant. Yeah, it's like the, it's just a game yeah. I still think of to this day. It's like, yeah, I just the end of it just <laughs> there's so much in the ending of it that is, it implicates you know, what's happened during the entire series. That you just think, well, wow. in the same way that um, four has that, where when you find that you know Ocelot's just been pretending to be something, <laughs> something else like, this whole time. Yeah. It's like it, you suddenly realise all these things. And go, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I get this, I get this. And it's like. Yeah, the end of five does just have that where you're like, wow, well, that means that was that this happened there and that happened there. And it's like, oh, I'm being vague because, you know, still fairly fresh. But yeah, uh, yeah it's another one of those Kojima endings where I just like it. If you don't read between the lines, it can be just seem like, oh, God, yeah, the fair criticism the second half of the game does repeat itself too much. But the, again, thematically, there are reasons and it's just. Although at the end of it, I did feel a bit cold initially when I played it, but no, it's just the more I think about it, the more it's the same, same with Metal Gear Solid 2. It's just the longer you think about it, the more you think, oh, yeah, okay. I see these little things he's weaved into the narrative and you know, little themes he's put together in this game. It's like, um, yeah, quite like to go back and play that again soon. Yeah, definitely. No comment from me. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, Gary won't comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Gary wasn't a fan. But, uh... Oh, Gary, I can't believe I'm, oh, I'm really surprised. <laughs> Gary, I'm not, actually, I'm not trying to bait anything. Gary, are you, do you mean gameplay or story-wise? Gameplay-wise was fantastic. Oh, Everything okay, else fair enough. was right. a complete letdown for me. All right, that's fair enough. I thought you were talking about the gameplay, sorry. No, um, no the, the game... gameplay was great. Uh, yeah, it, Just yeah. everything else was... All right, no, fair, fair play, fair play. Okay. Oh, I think that, that wraps, wraps us, doesn't it? It does, you know, for this week. I think we're done. Does anyone have any shout-outs? Mike, yes, you're back uh, after yeah, a long I, time. Yeah, I do, actually. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to, um, uh, not that I'm sure he doesn't listen to this, but I'd like to give a shout-out to Stefan from the Six Axis, who I, all, I seem to bump into at a lot of events. Um, I'm Mike Richard on PlayStation Trophies, who's a really cool guy. Um, also, a couple of other dudes. Um, I actually no, I can't because I can't remember their names. <laughs> you know, it's one of those fleeting, you know, where you, you know, those quick things where you know you need, you need to go off and play the game or something's about to start, and you're like, oh yeah, my name's blah blah blah, blah and you just forget about it by the end of the day. You know, not not by um, or not on purpose, obviously. No. But no. yeah, the, um, um, those two guys especially, definitely, and um, obviously uh, all the uh, loyal listeners as well. I'm hoping that um, you guys are still there. Um, Alfonso and Brett and all those other guys, uh, Don as well and Rob Sweatsloop. Yeah, um, hope to uh, get you guys on the podcast again soon. Um, yeah, that's it from me. Splendid. Um, 
Ben, what about you? I'd like to shout out to my usual people, Phoenix Down Radio. They're $70, I think it was $60, close to their goal of uh, going to FanFest in October. So not long now, you guys can do it. Whoop. Uh, I'd also like to make a shout out to Evolved Mail, one of the Twitch streamers I watch online. Um, he has recently proposed to his girlfriend, if I'm rightly, and they're hoping to get married sometime next year. Oh, congratulations. Wicked. Congrats. Oh, yeah. I hope to maybe get an uh, invite to that and I'll visit Canada for that, for the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Um, so, apart from that, just every, just the usual shout-outs. Ray Phoenix Down Radio. Fair do. And Gary, what about you? Just to the listeners, thanks for listening and please continue to listen. Yep, I will pretty much echo that sentiment, and it's always nice to still have listeners. And still, have, I mean, it still weirds me out when I get Facebook messages from people telling me about something that we said on Unchained. I'm like, oh yeah, people listen. <laughs> it's like, it's, like, it's, it's still odd. But yeah, uh, Neil, I actually got something to say quickly. Sorry. Yeah, um, go on. Thanks. Um, I was this. Um, anyone? Well, you guys know about this, and anyone who listens quite a lot when I was hosting my, uh, you know, my old um out call thing. I do. I go the old um to Ronnie's thing. Um, it's good night for me, and it's good night from him. Well, sadly, Ronnie um Ronnie Corbett died the other week, which is which absolutely gutted me because obviously it was his catchphrase I was using along with Ronnie Barker. So I just wanted to put that out there and say I'm absolutely gutted that he's passed away because he was a he was a legend. <laughs> yeah, he was. It's a it is a shame, I'd say. It's just uh, so many of these so deaths this year with celebrities. I know, so. it's been awful. As in, I can't remember another year when uh, when we've had this many prolific um, deaths, um, you know, in such a short space of time. It's crazy, it really is. Actually, actually, I actually have a bone to pick with David Hayter again, thinking about it, <laughs> which is actually related to what we were just saying. Um, oh, all right. The other week, uh, I think it was last week, he just, at the middle, about midnight or something, or one o'clock in the morning, he just posted this picture of a collection of Stephen King books and said, I, I, I'll always be grateful for all I've learned from your books and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, is he dead? Has he died? Like that? Because it's just such a weird thing to say out of the blue. Like that. And I was scouring the internet for like an hour trying to find out if he died. It's like, no, it's just, he was just generally saying he likes Stephen King books. And it's like, you asshole, hater. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. There's a uh, NFL player, who I think it's NFL, I don't know the sports. Yeah. Called Will Smith died today. Yeah, that was a swerve as well. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Uh, oh. I was c- confused because I read Will Smith got shot. I'm like, what? I didn't read the first part first. Oh, uh, yeah, I just um, Googled it now. Yeah, I, yeah, I, thought, former... it was, I thought it was the actor Will Smith. Yeah, ex Saints D.E. Will Smith shot dead. I'm guessing that must be it. Yeah, two hours ago. Oh, wow. Ter- that's, well, terrible news, obviously. Yeah, it's know, horrible. Regardless who it is, yeah. But, yeah, I can see how that would have been like, wow, Will Smith? Yeah. Yes, that's a strange one. So, yes, that's us wrapped for another week, I think. We'll be back again next week. Some of us will be, I'm sure, at least. I will be back. I'm hoping yes. to be a regular now. Yes, hopefully Mike will be back in the chair soon and, you know, keeping things right on the level as he is very good at doing um so i think i will i will forego the goodbye pleasures this week and as we've just mentioned that ronnie corbett thing i think mike 
and Ben should do their old little sign off just one last time. So take I it away, guys. I, Go on. I think that's a great gesture. That is, yes. Well, as Neil said, that's it. So it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.